Hey moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, and nana to six. I am so glad that you're here. If you have not checked out all of my podcasts, go to my website, DorindaWilson.com, and scroll down to the search bar. You can put in any keyword, and more than likely, there will be some podcasts uh, there that you're going to want to listen to. There are 185 episodes there at at the website, and so I would just encourage you to check it out. Um, They are just packed with encouragement. Well... I am thankful that you're here today, and I just want to welcome you again. Uh, This is another episode of On the Porch, where you and I get to sit for just a little while discussing life as moms. My hope is to mentor you like a Titus II mom, older women teaching the younger women. This week's episode is Finding Hope in the Midst of the Storm. I've been praying about how to best address the issues that are facing us right now as moms. Although I will be talking about some of those specific concerns in upcoming podcasts, I found that unless we start with the posture of our hearts, in other words, our spiritual state of heart and mind, all other counsel is a temporary fix at best. I've actually been spending copious amounts of time slowing down my heart and mind so I can hear from the Lord, but it has literally been an ongoing warfare. I have found anxiety to be a hedge that God has used in my life. What I mean by that is that God often puts boundaries on us physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually to keep us where He wants us because there is a very important eternal work that He wants to do in us. As humans, we bristle against boundaries. But David said in Psalm 16, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Though God's boundaries may not feel pleasant, they are most certainly for our good. My anxiety is ignited when I am pushing back against the reality that He is God and I am not. It's what gets my attention and communicates to me that I need to stop leaning on my own understanding. I need to fear Him above all else. Now, if you're not familiar with what that actually means, it's like a child who has tremendous respect and love for his father or mother and who genuinely wants to please them. He has a fear or an anxiety of offending the one he loves, not because he's afraid of torture or even punishment, but because he's afraid of displeasing the one who is, in his world, the source of security and love. So often I honestly believe that my plan is so much better than his, that I somehow know better than he does what is best for my kids, my husband, myself. I have visions for our future that are of my making, and those often turn into idols. I don't like what's happening in our world right now. So much evil is being revealed, more than I ever wanted to know, and yet here we are. There is no turning back. We can feel it. I was awake in the middle of the night, which is not unusual, And terror was literally flooding my body as I thought about what is at stake right now. I felt very much like a trapped animal. 
As I began to pray, the words, the government is on his shoulders, kept permeating my thoughts. I had read that line not long ago while reading through the Christmas story, and as I dug deeper into its meaning, it essentially came down to this. Jesus is the ultimate government. That doesn't mean he ignores everything the government does until it becomes a problem, and he then may or may not decide to do something. It means that every government and its members are subject to him. They all exist to glorify Him in one way or another. It means that He has complete and final authority over all of them, and they owe Him their obedience. If they choose not to bend to His will, as His people, we are called to hold them accountable according to His word. We stand up for injustice, whether that be in defense of the unborn, the orphan, the widow, the slave, the elderly, the sick, those who are not being allowed to live freely, providing for their families, exercising personal liberties, etc. We hold those accountable who have been taken captive to hollow philosophies, living and forcing principles that are not biblical, or anything that exalts itself above God. As believers, we hold out the word of truth that God and His word are, in fact, the final authority. We do this not just in theory, but by our words and actions, even if that means hardship for us. The average church in America has utterly failed to do this. She has cozied up to the world in the name of evangelizing and has essentially whored herself to the lovers of political correctness and social trends, tossing aside the unchanging truths of God. I'm sorry to be so graphic, but the church has got to wake up. I believe it is waking up because God is shaking us violently and doing so for our good. So how do we find a sustainable posture? How do we find hope in the midst of the storm? We humble ourselves and repent both personally and corporately. Many of us have already been doing this, even those who have been previously committed to the truths of God's Word and finding out that there are some areas of our lives that were unknowingly built on sand. They are quickly falling, and we are having the privilege of inviting God to rebuild upon the rock. I wondered how we as believers should posture ourselves while being wrecked by God through our overwhelming circumstances. Being faced with what felt like an insurmountable obstacle, a new Christian once asked, how much of this do I accept and from how much do I seek to free myself? Margaret Clarkson in her book, Grace Grows Best in Winter, said this, you accept everything, even the worst, completely and permanently, and then you use every possible resource, both human and spiritual, to effect a solution. Acceptance is not submission with its overtones of submerged rebellion. It is not resignation with its dangers of ensuing self-pity and the development of a martyr complex. It is acceptance in the fullest sense of the word. Acceptance is taking from God's hand absolutely anything He chooses to give us, looking up into His face in love 
and trust, even thanksgiving. Acceptance is knowing that the confines of the hedge are good, even perfect, however painful they may be, simply because He Himself has given them. She goes on to say, The strength to do this cannot be found within our own human rebellious hearts. We must seek it earnestly from God, knowing that our Lord is always more ready to give His grace than we are to receive it. God gives only good. His will and His ways are perfect. She goes on to say, Feeling, in fact, has nothing to do with it. We cling to naked truth and stake our all on that. We set ourselves to believe in the overruling goodness, providence, and sovereignty of God and refuse to turn aside no matter what may come, no matter what we feel. For no matter how deep the pain or sorrow, His work in us is deeper, and whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Whatever direction things end up going, there's going to be a fallout. God is on the move, and His people— As his people, we want to move with him. We have the privilege of being part of something so much bigger than our measly, selfish, me-centered lives. And in that process, we will experience the true and living God, a taste of heaven here on earth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your reminders today. Thank you for your challenge to us, to be resilient, to set our feet upon the rock, and to set our faces like flint towards you, God, trusting you with all of our hearts, leaning not on our own understanding, in all of our ways acknowledging you, knowing that you will direct our paths. God, may we have hearts that fear you above all else, because The fear of you is the beginning of wisdom. God, we need that wisdom. We need you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that you answer our prayers and you keep us. And you continue to keep the church, not because of our goodness or faithfulness, but because of your faithfulness and your promises to your people. In Jesus' name, amen.